Truver Alone, Part 4 Samuel had been searching for months before he found the ring he wanted to propose to Delaney with. He would look through her Pinterest boards to see what she really liked. He took notice of the ring she would take an extra minute to look at when they walked by the jewelry stores, too. Samuel knew her style and what she was into. He had come to think the way she thought. He was even always there to help her finish her sentences. She would even make comments like, You know just what I like, or We're like the same person. This ring was the most elegant he had ever seen and held in his hands. It seemed to him that most rings people get look similar to each other, like the styles are trending. Delaney would point out the rings she didn't like too. She didn't want something too gaudy. That was the word she used. He agreed. Some rings look so over the top, the style is almost kind of tasteless. That and how they all look the same. Men's rings too. A lot of men seem to go for these graphite colored rings with a slight industrial look to really epitomize <laughs> manliness. He wanted his ring to be unique. He knew he'd love anything for, she got for him though, because what gave it value was who it came from. Samuel was excited and nervous. He took his younger cousin Jose with him to pick it up. Jose's reaction assured Samuel he did pretty well. When the time came that Samuel proposed to Delaney, she said yes before he could get on his knee and spit out, will you marry me? She loved the ring. After they jumped the broom, they had the band soldered on. Maybe it was slight OCD, but to keep the finished product symmetrical, they had a band put on each side of the ring. Delaney loved it so much. She hated having to go without wearing it for a couple weeks while it was worked on. Samuel knew elegance when he got that ring. Or so he thought. He thought he knew beauty. But he also thought he knew inward beauty. And honesty. Devotion. The feeling of being desired by someone. The feeling of being loved in a way that is unmatched by any other love encountered previously nor matched by any love that comes after. That ring was the perfect ring, until it was just a ring. Perfect, but perfect for someone else. Perfection is subjective, as beauty is in the eye of the beholder. To Samuel, Delaney was perfect. She was the one. But to her, Samuel wasn't. That love was never actually full. Delaney desired a dream to become a reality. Children, a husband, some pets, a nice cozy house where a big family would come together on holidays and special occasions, to travel, the job to enjoy going to every day, the complete American dream as they'd call it. Delaney knew what she wanted in life. Samuel was a thing to fit in that vision. But that vision wasn't perfect with him in it because that love wasn't real. Samuel had always done everything he could. 
he thought he did anyway. He worked himself to the bone, as long as he could provide and come home to Delaney after a long, hard day. This heartbreak just hurt so bad because he really was in love with her the entire time. That love was never weakened by any hardships they had gone through, and he trusted her spoken devotion every bit of the way. Her words felt so real at the time. Then one day, she admits that she never really loved him that way. That she tried so hard to convince herself she did. He felt so guilty, ashamed even. It must have been harder to break away the longer they were together. But then why the eagerness at the day of their engagement? Regardless, he loved her so much. The best way to show how much he loved her was to let her go. He didn't want revenge. What good would that do for anyone? He didn't have to say it. To do so would be boastful. But he knew he loved her more than anyone else ever had and anyone ever could. They came into the relationship lovingly, and that was how he wanted to part ways as well, despite the infidelity. People debate about whether right person, wrong time is actually real. I think in this case, the situation was right thing, wrong person. All he hoped that whoever she ended up with, that the guy was better than Samuel ever was. It just sucks, because to her, this was never real. But to me, it, was, it always was. I was so certain of it the validity of how I felt and she made me feel and thinking I got it right when I got her and I did it again I keep speaking about this in first person it's just so weird because it's almost as if I no but never mind Samuel was becoming unfathomably exhausted. He spent most of the night trying and failing miserably to go to sleep, but spending all day at work being on the brink of crashing and taking a nap. Service industry workers fluctuate on the love-hate relationship they have with their job. You want to be busy. You want to have a lot of customers. You want and need to make money. However, you want that ideal happy medium where it's busy, but the customers don't come in all at the same time, don't need something all at the same time, and you're not power walking everywhere and shining with sweat at your tables. It might be nice to actually eat something when you're hungry and to go to the bathroom when you actually have to rather than waiting until the end of your shift too. Maybe some places function differently, but working in the service industry if you had a dime for every time someone asked, why don't you just go on your lunch break? Well, you wouldn't even have half a dollar, but it is baffling that a customer would even think to ask that question, and furthermore to even think something like that is in place. Sir or madam, your server is not waiting for your permission to sit and eat. They're waiting for you to stop giving them a new single item to retrieve every time they return from the previous quest. If you want salt, pepper, ketchup, more water, napkins, and a side of ranch, just say that. 
listen closely because this might sound crazy uh, but your server are you listening your server is not stupid and for all the times you go into an establishment and might be thinking oh I don't want to piss off the person handling my food giving consideration to that small group that actually would pull something 98% of the time you actually think this to yourself your server is absolutely doing nothing to your food they aren't in love with their job they might not even like you but they have morals they are professional and they care about their performance and their reputation they add to the workplace as it all attributes to your monetary gratuity to them the only thing they are doing if you are being any flavor of asshole is complaining about you in the kitchen samuel was hoping to be busy most days not even for the money but because sitting down was dangerous as he could fall asleep if he wasn't moving he had been running around all day it was the hottest day in the spring so far he decided to treat himself and pick up some chipotle for lunch for his long day after tending to every table and making sure everyone was taken care of followed with a question anything else for you folks at the moment he went to sit down at a table by the door to the patio the doors and windows were all open and the table was right in the draft blowing through he took off the aluminum cover he didn't even bother heating it because time was of the essence his stomach was roaring his mouth was watering this was a glorious moment he picked up his weapon of choice about to feast and then he noticed the woman at the table he just came back from locking eye contact with him and waving her hand in the air he put the fork down placed the cover back on his lunch and promptly made his way over to her did you need something ma'am he asked maybe get some more napkins she answered Samuel glanced at the couple of untouched napkins that laid in the middle of the table and the unused napkins that they had their silverware wrapped in. Um, sure, he replied. Be right back. He walked fast, but made it look poised. He didn't want to look obnoxious, but he was starving. The view of his lunch flirted with his appetite as he walked by. He was hoping to be discreet. He didn't want any of his other tables to be encouraged to come up with another tedious task for him. He retrieved the stack of napkins, plentiful, but small enough so his boss wouldn't accuse him of being wasteful. Here you are, he said to the woman, and made his way back to the table with the lonely Chipotle container on top. Tunnel vision involuntarily blocked out any view of other customers. Eye contact with anyone at this moment was detrimental to what he was trying to accomplish. He sat back down, lifted the cover off, grabbed the black plastic fork it came with, because why would you eat your Chipotle with anything else, and took a bite. Finally, the moment he'd been waiting for, the flavors he'd been dreaming of for the past three hours. But why taste your food when you can just inhale it? He shoveled another bite. He liked to get the same order every time. White rice, steak, corn salsa, sour cream, cheese, and splashes of the smoked Tabasco sauce. Crunch? 
None of those ingredients have any crunchy profile to them. A mystery flavor infects the mouthful. There are only a few things you actually taste. Everything else that isn't on that list, you are actually smelling from inside your mouth. He knew this flavor, this scent. Stricken with fear and disappointment, he spat out his food to dissect only to find that it was just as he suspected. A stink bug flew into his food. He was eating so fast and ambitiously that he didn't see it. He took the L and threw the rest of his food away. Not going to lie, it really upset him. He was looking forward to that lunch and having a break from eating tuna, only to succumb to pitching the whole thing and inevitably eating tuna. But he didn't let it ruin his day. No problem such as this equated to the bigger problems going on in his life. The nighttime being alone sucked bad enough. He wanted to make the most of the day while he was actually with people. He made it through the rest of his shift, but barely. After work, he drove to the gym. He was going to do his best to stick to his new routine. The discipline of creating and sticking to new habits, he felt, was going to carry him through the times he was completely drained of the willpower to do anything. Exercising in the gym was a parallel to exercising living life. When you don't feel like doing it, when you begin listing off any excuse you find valid to use as a reason not to, and you do it anyway, those are the days that count the most. Those are the days when true inner strength is grown. When he arrived, he was the only one there. Gym playlists are the worst. This place definitely catered to the older crowd that occupied during the daytime. The same songs played at the same time every night. Ever heard of the Pet Shop Boys? Neither did Samuel until he started working out there. Almost every song that played was the Pet Shop Boys. It's like this weird 80s pop techno kind of sound. The songs stuck in his head all day long because of it. He was trying to pinch pennies, but maybe an investment in some AirPods wouldn't break the bank. He was unmotivated and exhausted. He didn't feel good working out, but he finished his workout from start to finish. He didn't feel his best, but the effort was the best he had to give. Sometimes you have to take the wins where you can find them. Little victories count too. Work was two exits on the highway from his house. The gym was in the middle, so he was already halfway home. He was semi in the mood to listen to music, but he was so tired, his body felt so heavy. He felt too lazy to lift his arm to turn it on. He kept his left hand on the wheel as his arm laid on his lap, and his right arm sprawled over the middle aisle. It was Einstein who said that time was relative. Driving is a great way to experience that theory. When you're in a rush to get somewhere, you can't seem to get there fast enough. When you're driving for leisure, time seems to fly by and a half hour drive can seem like 10 minutes.
Samuel wasn't in a rush, but he was hoping that the drive didn't last too long. No crowded highway lines, minimal red lights, he only had one thing on his mind, bed. He allowed himself to get sidetracked by his thoughts. How miserable it must be to go on through life trying to fit in as something you're not. Trying to play a part as to be living your life for someone else. He felt so guilty and ashamed Delaney spent all that time with him. If he loved her so much and was intuitive to her emotions and needs, why didn't he ever pick up on this? He recalled several instances where he felt they were in love with each other. The things she did for him to make him feel special. The reaction he could see when he did things special for her. The look she would give him, staring into his eyes. A look so innocent and mesmerizing. The words she spoke in her freestyled vow at their wedding. All that compared to what she was sharing now and before when she tried blaming him for everything. It was like he had interacted with two different but identical people. Just then, Samuel walks down the stairs and into the kitchen where everyone else was. Most of the guests had left. Delaney's dad was sitting at the table with his hand on his chin pondering in the direction of the salt and pepper shakers. He didn't break eye contact to acknowledge Samuel's presence. Her grandmother stood at the rounded point of the dining area, looking out the window at some cardinals. They were her favorite. She always shooed away the blue jays when they'd come into her backyard, because they were mean to the cardinals. Wait. This isn't right. How... How did we get here? Fuck. Samuel fell asleep. He's still driving. No. No, maybe he's just sidetracked. He's coming on the turn to take the ramp to his exit. He'll wake up. Besides, it, uh, it's almost midnight. There is no one else on the road, really. No one's gonna notice. He's just got to wake up. He's not slowing down. Oh, shit, there's a semi in the merging lane. Anytime, dude. Samuel. You're going off the fucking road. Dude. Fuck, Samuel, wake up. What? Oh, my God. What the fuck, dude? Got a death wish? Don't answer that. Are you... What do you want me to say, Jesus? Did you really just take a line from Avengers? I don't know, I guess. I'm kind of relying on comic relief right now since you almost got yourself killed. Who are you? I don't... I don't really know. I think I'm supposed to be figuring that out. Why can't I see you? I don't know that either. I've kind of been here the whole time. I've seen more than you have. I've only gone back to retell it all. 
retell. So, you know what the future's like for me? Not so much. I didn't get that far. When did you stop? I can't tell you that. Kind of defeats the purpose. You're supposed to be leading your own decisions here. Kind of feeling like my life isn't really up to me right now. I know. And I'm just so tired. I just want it all to be over. I just want to get through this. I know. Is there anything I could have done? Maybe if I... Look. I'm trying to make sense of all this too. There is so much to unpack. So much to look back on in time. We can dissect everything that's ever happened. Everything you think you might have done wrong. Samuel, no one has ever been harder on you than yourself. You're wondering if you did enough? Dude, you're still doing it. Remember how you used to tell everyone getting married to Delaney was the proudest decision you ever made? The truth in that statement is neither confirmed nor distorted by her actions. The truth in that statement is a reflection of your heart. I know you are or were in love with her, whatever participle you want to put on that now. You proved that then. Hell, she cheated on you and you're still proving that. Some people would call that simping. I think it's unconditional love and selflessness. Knowing what I know now, I think she fumbled the bag with you, dude. But we spent years together. I know I did a lot of good for her, but I, I must have done something wrong. <laughs> or a lot of stuff. I know she took it back, but maybe she... Maybe she what? Felt bad? about what she did and lied? Why would she lie about telling the truth? It was never truth. <laughs> she was lying to you the whole time. She was sneaking around, but she fell in love with him in a couple months, or whoever knows how long. He's better than me. She fell in love with somebody she barely knows because I was awful. And I can't figure out what I did wrong. Samuel. What? There's nothing there. How would you know? I told you. I'm here now. I've been in your future. And I've been here all along. Why doesn't she love me, man? You don't need her to. Will anyone ever? Do you love yourself? I'm not being rhetorical. You might as well say it out loud because you can't lie to me. <laughs> no? I don't. I don't see what there is to love about me. 
I don't think I'm deserving of that all the time. Because if I was, where the hell is everyone at when I need them so badly? People love you, man. They really do. You can't, you can't listen to yourself all the time like that. Yeah, a lot of people have come in and fallen out of your life. And yeah, you, you can't have your closest ones all the time. But dude, when you're insomniac, you can't expect them to be up at 3 a.m. when you're sobbing because you need someone to talk to. I'm going to tell you something. And you should believe me. You can trust me on this. You are deserving of love. But the one person you deserve it from the most and don't get enough of it from is yourself. You are your own biggest critic. And paradoxically, you are the one person that is going to pull you out of this hell. I know the depression, the anxiety, the self-hatred. <laughs> it's so intense. To describe it wouldn't even hit it on the head. You're alone now. Not entirely. But mostly. And the loneliness sucks because it feels like a cage you've been trapped in. Whereas some people go willingly. But we have so much to work on. Because until you learn to love yourself, you will never really be alive. You will dwell in the past wondering what you did wrong. I just feel like my life is over. I was building it for the both of us and your life, as corny as it sounds, is just beginning. I promise you, you haven't been truly living all this time. Forget building anything for anyone else, at least for now. You gotta do it for you now, because you're not going to get it from anyone else. It's gonna feel weird, like you're being too selfish, but that's because you've never been the least bit of that. <laughs> Am I a good person? I, th <laughs> I think you already know my answer for that. It's like what Dad said before. You're doing a lot better than other people would be in your position right now. Not just for yourself, how you've been holding yourself together, but for everyone involved, even for the person that broke your heart. And look, I know you don't believe me yet on that, but you will. Am I going to get through this? Let me show you. But for now, 
let's just get through this drive home.